Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November 2nd, 2023, and today we're reading from the big book, and we're in the chapter of Vision for You, page 163, the first paragraph. We know what you are thinking through that one paragraph ending with a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Miss DC, for the 12 traditions, Joni Y, and reading the text are Maria H., Sherry D., and Judith S.P. The newcomer greeter is Reva P., and the host of the second hour is Janice P.M. The reference numbers for Wednesday, November 1st, 2023, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 20,796. That's 20796. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 20,797. That's 20797. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Misty C. to read the 12 steps. Hi, Misty C., compulsive overeater. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, fought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscience contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you, Misty. Okay, I will now ask Joni Y to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Joni Y, compulsive overreader recovering in Connecticut. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Joni. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the chapter of Vision for You, page 163, the first paragraph. We know what you're thinking through one paragraph ending with a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. And I will ask Maria H. to begin reading. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, everyone, doing service this morning. This is Maria H. Recovered One Day at a Time in Georgia. Uh, We know what you are thinking. You are saying to yourself, I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that, but you can. You forget that you have now just tapped a source of power which is much greater than yourself. To duplicate with such backing 
What we have accomplished is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. Um, so there's a lot in here that I relate to in this paragraph. And um, for me, even in program, and I've been here many years, um, I was really, really always doing it alone. Um, you know, even going to meetings, even having a sponsor, I was always thinking that, um, you know, I was doing it with a group, but in reality, it was all about self-will. Um, because when the cravings hit, um, I wasn't willing to pick up the phone. I wasn't willing to, well, sometimes I got on my knees, but not very often. And um, I really, really thought that I was supposed to be doing this, you know, much like I had done for many years before that. Uh, but OA and sponsors and meetings um, introduced me to a different version of a higher power um, that I had, than I had previously known. Um, a higher power that was for me, but not against me. Um, so uh, while I had this new relationship with my higher power, um, it was many experiences of slips and relapses before I became truly willing um, to trust this power, to have a daily committed quiet time, to be able to pick up the phone to call people um, when I wasn't in trouble, so that you know, when those days hit, when I was having problems, that I could call those same people. Um, and I love where it says, you know, it's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of people, you know, I, um, I, I am making a lot of outreach calls, and um, you know, there's a significant number of us that don't really want to do the work. You know, we want the results, but we don't really want to do the work, and. You know, even for me, um, what I found in my experience was that I, um, two things, um, I didn't have a consistent daily morning practice of checking in on a quiet time, checking with my higher power, and I wasn't willing to make all the calls. And today I am. That is the difference today. Um, you know, back at the beginning of the year, I got really, really um in touch with how deeply this disease affected me and how much I needed something outside of me to help me. Um, and that I love the line, you forget that you've tapped into a source of power much greater than yourself. And I hope that I never lose that because that has been the saving grace, the, you know, that again, that morning quiet time, reaching out to fellows, you know, having having a, a network of people that I can call, you know, that's the power for me. That's the difference from all the years of slips, all the years of relapses. You know, whatever we want to call it. And then, you know, what the first word? Um, I'm just reminded that it's a we program. That again, I will. I I don't get anywhere when Time. I try to do it myself. Okay, thank you. I pass. Thank you so much for getting us started and. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who who hasn't shared in the last couple of days would like to share on this first paragraph Janet, on page 163? Katie G. Janet Kelly. Katie I got you, Katie. I got Janet B., but then the others are a blur. Ken W. A. Janice P.M. Janice P.M. Rivka R. Okay, Rivka R. Rivka R. 
Did you get Ken, Katie? I, I did get you, Ken. Okay. I got Elena P. P. Katie. Elena C. Reva P. Reva P. Okay, let's stop there. Um, I have Janet B, Katie G, Ken WH, Janice PM, Rivka R, Elena C, and Reva P. Is there anyone who said their name that I did not call out? Okay, go ahead, please, Janet B, followed by Katie G. Good morning. This is Janet B, Recovered Compulsive Eater in North Carolina. So at the beginning, they're saying, you know, I'm jittery and alone. I can't do, I couldn't do that. And I think they're talking about then helping other people. And I think back to myself when I first started in Overeaters Anonymous, when I would say I couldn't do that, I just meant getting abstinent. I'm jittery and alone. I can't do that. And that was me. Um, They handed me a food plan. They said, stick to it. And I couldn't do that. But then they're telling me really what the solution is, what it was for me. It says you have to tap into a source of power greater than yourself. So that meant that on my own, true, I couldn't do that. I had to learn how to tap into God. Well, how do I do that, right? How do, how do I just like tap into God? I mean, I know how to tap into electricity, right? I flip a switch and the lights go on. But how do I tap into God? And it tells me the first thing I need is willingness. And I think it's so beautiful because our program tells us that our problem is lack of power. I had no power. So my solution obviously has to be to tap into the source of power. And on page 46, it tells me how I first get this power. It says, we found as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice, my preconceived notions of God, and express even a willingness. So this is what the willingness is, a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commence to get results. And the next paragraph tells me what those results are. Power and direction. So how do I even express willingness to believe in God if I don't? Well, for me, I always believed in God, but it was like a genie in the bottle God. Like, God, come out, take away my food obsession, or you know, make the boy I like like me back, and then go back in your bottle and leave me alone. And for me, willingness was when I said to God, it was after a meeting where I'd been binging before the meeting. I took a sponsor and told the sponsor, I will do whatever you tell me. And then I went out and I prayed to God. And I said, God, I've always had fixed ideas of what you were like and how to worship you. I'm willing to admit I'm all wrong and to start over and let you show me what you're like and how to worship you. I was willing to believe my concept of God was wrong. And then I was willing to put these principles into practice, honesty, self-sacrifice, cleaning up my past, making hard amends, and helping others. And I have to tell you, you know, a wretch like me was able to tap into a source of power that removed my food obsession. And as long as I stay in his will as best I can, I am free from food obsession by the grace of God. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janet P. from North Carolina. Okay, Katie G. from Boston, you're up, followed by Ken W.H. Hi, this is Katie G. Katie F., thanks for taking the meeting. You know, I've had two children, and uh, I will back that uh, labor requires great effort, toil, exertion, struggle. (laughs) It really is painful. Um, But the thing is, 
you know, when people tell me, you know, I can't do program, it's too hard, I have this, I have that, I have this, I have that. I I want to challenge you to write down the number of hours and the number, the amount of money that you're spending like I used to spend on diet products and diet schemes and coaches and, you know, fit for life and all the diet, you know, whatever, trying to get out of the food. And the truth is that it never worked. Getting out of food never worked. It never worked for me. And I today, thanks, thanks be to God, by the grace of God, I do work hard. I do put great effort in, even though, even though, one minute, even though I don't want to, even though I don't want to, I have to work hard each and every day. And um, I don't want to work hard. It's too much. I, I want to be, I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. I also love that we have to have patience, humility, generosity of soul. And what, I got to go. All right, excuse me, I have to leave. Sorry, my children need me. Okay, thank you, Katie G. Ken WH, you're up, followed by Janice PM. Thank you. This is Ken WH, Recovered Compulsive Reader from North Carolina. I'm just going to speak to this in the context that I believe it's written um, in the 12th step. Uh, this is about going out and uh, helping others. And early on, uh, all, all they had to work with was a big book and to carry that to someone and to share it. Um, uh, this is a case of where the we really sticks out. Thus, we grow, said in the paragraph before, and we know wh what you're thinking. This is um, about the development of the program, development of the fellowship more than anything else. And um, I want to be a part of that. And I, I didn't want to at the beginning. I was afraid to. I was afraid to reach out. I was afraid I didn't have the right things to say. Uh, I was just basically afraid to pick up the phone that I might make a fool of myself and uh, that I couldn't do that, uh, that, that couldn't do what, couldn't carry the message clearly. But this says that I can because I have a power greater than myself that's running my show, so to speak, and um, and that I just need to be patient, willing, and uh work hard myself um, to get past myself, uh, but to realize that this is about going out and helping someone else. It really isn't about me. Uh, it This is a, an activity of growth by itself, um, and that, that thus we grow is a growth of the fellowship, but in the process, I am blessed to grow myself. It helps me to be a better recovered person. And um, so that's kind of a, a side benefit of going out and uh, reaching out to others and trying to get message as best I can to others. And, uh, and that's all I have today. Thank you. Be blessed. Pass. Thank you, Ken. Okay, Joni, Joni, Janice PM, you're up, followed by Rivka R. <laughs> That's okay, my dear Katie. Yes, my name is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater living in Massachusetts. You know, I can say this is my favorite paragraph, but there's, 
I get so many favorite paragraphs. But it starts with, we know what you are thinking. Well, let's look at the chapter. The chapter is a vision for you. So this is a God's vision for us. It's not Bill's vision or anybody, but this is the job. Say, we, who are we? We are recovered. This is the, the 12, this is the promise now. It's a, we are recovered people who have the dilemma of couldn't, did not have the power to uh, be abstinent or change my personality. But it promises us, and it says we know. Well, of course I know, because I, because I, 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 I know peace. And K-N-O-W is my experience. It's not my opinion. I experienced this program of recovery and found that power. Therefore, I found peace. But N-O, God, or N-O, higher power, there's no peace. That's how we know. Those of us that are recovered and experienced, like I said, it's not an opinion. It's not in somebody's opinion. It's a group of, that's uh, a job that a higher power has divinely given to me. And what do I have to do with this gift? I have to constantly, like was said wonderfully, I must keep pouring out the message to others. He did not give me this gift for myself. He gave it to me to pour out the message to others in order, you know, for me to receive peace and serenity and clarity. You know, they say a lake must have inflow and outflow. And that's exactly, you know, uh, what this program, these 12 steps that I tapped into, I duplicated it, just like it says in the book. That's the message. And this is what I got. A life of sanity, clarity, gratefulness, no matter what happens in my life. Yes, sure, I couldn't. I couldn't. I was powerless in the beginning. But now I can because I have that power, you know, and it's for, but not only for me, but it's for me to give out because my God is merciful. You know, it's like having a little bit of faith like a childlike faith when I'm going to go into the pool and my father or my mother is here to catch me. Yeah, that's the promise. That's what's going to be. You know, I need to trust and find strength. Yes, yeah, certainly. I don't have that strength myself. I can't do it. But with my higher power, I can. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice P.M. Rivka R., you're up, followed by Elena C. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is uh, Rivka R., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Baltimore. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Um, yeah, I'm jittery and alone. You forget that you have just now tapped into a source of power much greater than yourself. So, yeah, this is it, it's about going out of my comfort zone and helping others, but but this is actually how I used to feel uh, all the time that I wasn't eating. Like, I'd feel jittery and alone, like even with others. Um, so this is telling me that, that I am never alone. 
like I'm, I'm not alone with my food. Even though I used to think I was alone when I was hiding and, you know, stuffing myself. And But I'm not. I'm not alone with my food. I'm not alone with my emotions. I'm not alone with other people and with other people's reactions and, and circumstances and that I might not, not like. That, And if I do feel jittery and alone, like, that's an illusion. I'm just believing a lie. And it means that, that for the second I forgot reality, that I'm never alone. And that it just takes a moment to tap into that source of, of power that's so much greater than myself. And I don't have to do anything spectacular. You know, it's not that I have to be who I'm not. And I'm, I grew, when I grew up, you know, unless you were doing something spectacular, you were you didn't have value. And and this is telling me that that really I get my my value from tapping into a source of power that's greater than myself because He created me. Um, and that's where I I'm can be a, a conduit for for God's light and healing and blessing today. And and that's that's all that matters. And that that takes me out of that that place where, which is probably why became a compulsive overeater in the first place, not just, I mean, because I had an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind, but also food was really my only source of pleasure growing up. Like, And I wanted that pleasure more than anything. And relationships are painful. I never felt good enough. School was stressful. I felt shame being me. Like food made all that go away, you know, in the instant that I was chewing. But you know, obviously there's huge and severe consequences to that. And I didn't grow emotionally. So... Um, just thankful to be in a place where I have the solution today where I can remember that I'm here and I don't have to be and I'm not alone so thanks for letting me share and uh, have a wonderful day I pass thank you Rivka R from Maryland and Elena C you're up followed by Reba P and then we'll open it up for more shares on page 163 the first paragraph we know what you are thinking Go ahead, please, Elena C. Good morning. My name is Elena C. from Greenville, South Carolina. It is a beautiful paragraph, and this is what I um, I am. Um, this is what I got from it. It says, "You're saying to yourself, I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that, but you can. You forget that you have just." now tap a source of power so here's what i hear and i totally relate to that i am aware of my anxiety my fear my loneliness and i have no idea i can't do anything my helplessness so this is the gift of desperation that i needed to feel before i was able to to um, be willing to search a power greater than myself. Another solution that um, was probably better than mine. And so admitting this vulnerability is the first step in accessing the power. This is what I hear. Because you say you forget that you have just now tapped the source of power. When I'm aware of all of my desperation, I am beginning the process of surrendering because before that I had was no idea. I had no idea that I even felt that way. 
because all it was, the Band-Aid that made me eat and eat was like, yes, I can. I can go from one diet to another. Yes, I can. I'm powerful. You know, I had no idea how desperate I was. I was not even aware of that. But when I surrender to all of my feelings, my pain, I begin the process of inviting God in because God I can't hear you, Elena. Always, no. I'm sorry? Because God is always with me, especially when I'm vulnerable and with that up there. Okay, thank you, Elena. Reva P., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I love this paragraph. I found it so reassuring uh, the first time I read it. And every time I doubt, you know, I know it's referring to carrying the message and um, this whole vision of growing as a fellowship and a program. But I love that the people who wrote the book, they know what I'm thinking. Why? Because they know what the disease, how the disease talks to me. And not so much only with carrying the message or sponsoring, but the disease always tells me, I can't. I can't do this. Jittery. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm tense. And I'm alone. That's what the disease tells me. And it'll work for them. It won't work for me. They can do it because they have some special God connection, but that won't happen for me. That's always where it goes. And I love this business of reminding me um, that I, but you can. And it's not me that can, like other people have shared, because if I work the steps in entire abstinence, by the time I get to the end of the steps, I have been able to access power that I was blocked off from, because that's my solution. So I have now just tapped a power that's greater than myself. And this reminds me so much of where it says in, um, like before the steps, it says, without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now, now, when I'm jittery, do a step 10, clear the channel, access God. Now, when I'm resentful, now, today, you know, like you can't, you can't recover on yesterday's shower kind of thing. Like, you know, it's now, in this moment. What I did yesterday isn't going to work right now. Um, but I love this reminder. And to duplicate, I can get the exact replica. It's like a research protocol. You follow the method and you get the same results. So there are no excuses. Um, and I love this as only, well, it's not really only because that's a lot. The willingness to bear the discomfort. For me, willingness is being willing to do the thing that I don't want to do. To do the thing that's you know, the one thing in my program that's difficult for me may be easy for you. The thing that really makes me uncomfortable, that's willingness. You know, it's no big deal to do the things that are sort of easy for me. And then patience. When is the weight going to come off? Is it coming off now? Did it come off yesterday? How long is it going to take? It's been three days. You know, like patience, wait, wait. God doesn't rush. And labor, huh. I always want something for nothing, you know? Can I just like wish really hard, pray really hard and just bring it to me? No, I have to do the work, but the work is actually not as hard as the, the pain and the torture of the disease. Um, and with that, I pass. 
Thank you so much, Reva P. Okay, so um, we're on page 163, the first paragraph. If you haven't shared in the last two days, who would like to share? Sally A. Shanna C. Sally A. Karen Anyone else? Shanna C. Morrissey. Morrissey. Okay, Sally A. I think I heard Nancy P. Margaret D. Georgia. Margaret D. Carolyn S.H., did you hear? I did not. Okay, so I have Sally A., I think I heard Nancy P., Karen K., Shanna C., Maura Z., and Margaret D., and Carolyn S.H. Did I miss anyone? Add anyone? Okay, let's go with that list. Sally A., followed by Nancy P., Good morning, Katie. Thank you again for your service. So I've heard such great things this morning. I I sat here and I thought, I don't need to share. They said everything's so great. And in all honesty, when I read these words, I'm jittery and alone. I'm jittery just thinking about sharing to the point of like a, a, a kick in the gut, scared. And so when I read this, you know, I realize that it is hard work and you don't need to hear more about the hard work, but I did recently say to a dear friend, you know, one thing about this is I feel like I've traded the compulsion of this food for a compulsion in this program. And it, it is so time consuming and it is, you know, I have other things I want to accomplish. And that person simply said to me, how free do you want to be? As one of our precious members has said so many times, Sally, how free do you want to be? Because you can do it or you don't have to do it. But here in this paragraph, what they're talking to me about is, and as others have already said, is that we're talking about working with other people, how scary it can be to, to work with other people. To, and when it talks about this uh to duplicate, and, you know, that's not easy, but the book does give us very specific directions so that it's not that hard, with such backing, referring to the fact that we have God right behind our backs. We're not walking alone, as this person stated, I'm jittery and alone. I'm not alone, because I'm actually just a mouthpiece for my higher power, so with such backing, what have we accomplished? What we have accomplished, what they're talking about, what they have accomplished, is reaching out to so many people, to even the first 100 recovered. What we have accomplished is only a matter of, and this is what it takes to be effective for our higher power in sharing this book and this incredible solution of our higher power. It takes a willingness to to be open to the possibility, to be listening for a door opening when when that door does open for us to share. That's my willingness, my patience, not to push people, not to expect anything of them or that they might want to know more, to, but to just do God's will 
and to share what he puts in my heart to share, the patience and labor. Yes, it is work to share. And yes, it is some time. It does take some time. But somebody gave me, somebody is giving me so much of their time. And they are taking their time to throw me a rope while I'm in that water being pulled out. They're taking their time to throw me a stick. Time, please. Pull me out of that. Thank you so much, Katie, to pull me out of the quicksand. Thanks for letting me share. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Sally A. And Nancy P., you're up, followed by Karen K. Hi, good morning, um, everybody. Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Oh, so labor to me means that I have to keep doing it. It isn't one and done. Everybody has said things that now I have to work every day, every single day. Uh, me personally, I have to work every day and I have to work hard. And I always wanted to just be a normal size. I never had any spiritual relief, none of the happiness, the freedom, and the joy they promised in the ninth step. I felt somehow that just thinking about being recovered was the same as being recovered. Then I put the food down for a couple of days or hours or minutes or rarely weeks or months, and I'd still wonder, I'd say, why am I still so angry? Why am I still so hateful? <clears throat> Excuse me. And... um the actual state of being recovered was something that I was completely unable to even imagine. I thought I would have to fit all my work in between eating, thinking about eating, trying not to eat, wishing I hadn't eaten, and all the hiding, sneaking, cheating, and lying, and then obviously sitting on the couch and hating myself. So that's like takes a lot of time. And today, I do spend a lot of time on bolstering my recovery with calls and meetings and sponsoring and service. And I still today do every single thing that my sponsor had told me to do in, in the beginning. Every single day I do all of that. And I also do all of the things that I've learned to do since I worked with her. And I have still have time for all my hobbies, hanging out with my friends, all my chores, and working outside my house, you know, working outside the home. I have time for all of that and then some. Um, and I used to think that there was more and more was more. More meant more with this work. But for me... It's not so much about how much I do as the quality of what I do. And I definitely had to find a sweet spot. I had to do more than just this meeting five days a week. You know, I go to over about around a dozen or so meetings a week. And I make many more than two calls a day. I do a written 11-step inventory every single night, no matter what, without exception. Um, I'm agnostic, so I don't ever pray or meditate or anything. But I do prayerful and meditative things that bring me serenity. So all the work I do generally holds steady. But the miracle is that I continue to get more out of the program even than I put into it. And I feel like I put a lot into it. I spent about 25% of my time in 24 hours doing my work for this recovery. And I can't even believe that. I mean, can you believe that? I can hardly believe it myself. And every single day is better by far than the one before. Lots of meetings, lots of calls, lots of stuff packed into every single day. From the minute I get up to the second I fall into my bed, my life is filled with wonderfulness and amazingness and fantasticness. Every day I get more happiness, joy, and freedom. My comprehension of the word serenity and knowledge of freedom and peace deepens and becomes more embedded into my soul. And uh, I'll just close with this. I saw a prize-winning microphotography of a match being lit and tiny spots of phosphorus ignite and spread and the whole thing lights up. And that's how I feel, like I'm on fire and I'm igniting always. And I have this this joy that it cannot be quantified with words. And what I have is for every single one of us, without exception. And it all starts 
in one place, in one place only. Say it with me. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy P. Okay, now we'll have Karen K. followed by Shana C. Shana C. Good morning. My name is Karen Kozis, a compulsive reader from Syracuse, New York, and my credit don't transfer. You know, I like the uh, the previous share. You know, there's like over 380-something people on this call right now. And I wanted, I wanted, of course I want to talk to everybody, but I want to talk to the, the person that is, you know, afraid to hit star one. You know, that, that of God is in, is, is in all of us and their their heart is probably pounding. Am I gonna, you know, sound as good as all these other people? Am I am I worthy? You know, where am I in the steps? You know, and and for me, I I really need to keep my program simple. I am not a twelve step sergeant. I do not make um, twenty five phone calls a day. I my you know I do all such different things. And what really helped me the most is I listened to a speaker and. The speaker was the the person was getting into step three, and this old timer came up to the person and he said, uh, "You don't have step three yet." And he goes, "You see that chair? Turn your power over over to that chair." And he was just willing enough, just a hair willing enough to do it for just that moment, and what freedom that brought, you know. And that you know, I, I it's just so important for me. To know that my God loves me no matter what, my God will meet me wherever I'm at, and every relate it's like a a relationship. You know, I'm going to be angry with God. It's certainly not a Santa Claus God. That's going to give me the power that is needed moment by moment by moment. And I love when I go to bed at night and I do the seven step prayer. And I say the spirit of greed to be rid of that and replace that with generosity. I do a litany of every character defect that I could remember that possibly could have harmed someone or myself or somebody else. And that's the power of God, good orderly direction. You know, um, as one of us says, dog, if you're dyslexic, you know, it doesn't matter as long as it's not me. You know, this is a loving, kind, gentle program. And it's, I really would love to hear some people that just are just so afraid to hit star one. It's okay. It's okay. Your voice matters. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Shana C., you're up. Shana C., you're up, followed by Nora Z. Shanna C., star one. Okay, Maura, why don't you go ahead and we'll come back to Maura, to uh, Shanna C. Good morning, Katie. Thank you very much for your service. This is Maura Z. I am recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And starting my timer. Um, you forget that you have just now tapped a source of power much greater than yourself. That's the key for me whenever I take on a sponsee. 
that I remember that I am working God's program, not Maura's program, that I am sharing what I have learned in these pages, what I have learned from all of you, from my sponsors. I am not jittery and alone as long as I keep my higher power with me. And I am new to um, working consistently on my connection. I took it for granted for many years, and that landed my ass in a three-year relapse. I don't want to go back there again. So I make it a point every morning, at least every morning, to say my prayers, to spend time in quiet with him, thinking of others, asking, how can I be of service today? Please, God, show me. Um, I can't do this alone, and I'm not supposed to do this alone. That's the beauty of this program. Yes, it's a we program, because I take God's hand in mine. I take your hand in mine, and together we do this. Together we carry the message. It must start always with him, with my um, lack of importance. It's not, it's not about me, in other words. It's not my ego that's running the show here. I try to follow what would God have me be today? What would God have me do today? And it's always with the other person in mind, being of service. And carrying this message, that's my primary purpose, if you will, is to carry this message because it's been so generously given to me. I received the message. I've done the work. Yes, there is labor involved. This is not a walk in the park. This is digging deep and this is taking account of what I've done. This is also taking account of the good person I am and working toward becoming a better person but it's always with him. I am not jittery jittery and alone as long as I'm walking with God. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for your service, Katie. Thank you, Maura. Okay, Shanna C., are you unmuted? Your phone might not be unmuted. Good morning, Katie. So sorry about that. My phone got muted somehow. Um, Okay. This is Shanna C., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee through God's grace and mercy and uh, that gift of desperation and good orderly direction. The thing that just keeps popping into my mind in relation to this paragraph on page 163 is the paragraph on page 95 where it says you will be successful with you know, alcoholics, but in our case, compulsive overeaters, if we do not exhibit any passion for crusader reform, never talk down to a compulsive overeater from any moral or spiritual hilltop. Simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection and show him how they worked with you. You know, and for me, you know, being shown how that how it works for me works much better for me than 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 telling me a lot of things, although give passing along information is important to a certain extent, but I had a lot of information. I needed to see it actually at work in the people you know, um, that were helping me. Uh, I didn't realize that until recently. And I, moreover, I they, that gave me the faith to take the actions that they were taking when I saw it working in these people. Like, for instance, for me yesterday, you know, this is a day-at-a-time thing. And 
you know, I am cooking dinner for my family, you know, and for whatever reason, I started getting a little hungrier. I don't know why, if I sit and try to analyze everything, I'd be, but I started getting a little hungrier than I normally do at that time. And uh, immediately I was just like, okay, God, I don't, I don't need to eat this early. You know, I, I would have been fine, but I was just like, hey, you know, thou will not mind be done. And so I'm taking the actions of 10, 11, and 12. God grant me right thoughts. You know, what came to my mind was, yeah, this isn't my, a, a set phone call type. This isn't, I don't, you know, I have a set plan right now. But God, you know, who can I help? Turn my thoughts to who I can help. And my sponsor came to my mind and said, you don't have to make, this doesn't have to be a perfect thing. You just got to make the connection. You know, none of us come at this stuff perfectly is what I was told. And so that relieves me of that jittery and aloneness. And I got to do it perfect and have all the answers, blah, blah, blah. Self-reliance fails me. So I'm God, God, who can I help? Immediately, I'm reminded of a girl who made an outreach call. I give her a call back. She can't answer at that time. And immediately right after that, another girl calls me. And I'm like in the middle of cooking dinner. I'm talking on the phone with this this woman. And I'm, my mind is off of me and off of my whatever it is I think I need or whatever because I'm helping somebody else. And then I end up being able to, you know, call this other girl back and I'm cooking dinner while talking to these people. I'm not even thinking about eating. And I end up making it a lot longer to dinner than I ever thought I could have or would have. I wouldn't have. I would have been sitting and obsessing and white knuckling through that meal had I not been helping someone else. So I am, I'm recovered, not cured. Um, Thank God for the sanity this program brings. And, Time, and, please. And the, thanks. And the consciousness of a power greater than myself, obviously, it worked through these steps. And for that, I'm truly grateful. And that's how it worked for me yesterday. It works every day when I take the action. That's all I have. Thank you, Shanna. Okay, Mary, Margaret D., you're up, followed by Carolyn S.H. That should take our meeting to the end. Hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Margaret P. I'm in Georgia. And I guess for this moment in time, I'm a, I don't know. Maybe I'm recovered. Maybe I'm not. I really don't know. Um, but what I wanted to just kind of throw out there about this particular paragraph or this sentence is I kind of laughed when I, <laughs> it, it does strike me as kind of funny. About maybe you're, but you'll say, but I'm jittery. I'm alone. <clears throat> when, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> the only difference between being jittery and alone when I was in the, uh, completely immersed in the compulsive eating and being, feel, feeling like I'm jittery and alone now is just, um, my perception, that's all it is. I didn't realize anything back then, everywhere when I was fully in the, well, I'll put it this way, when the disease had of compulsive eating had engulfed me, everything made me feel jittery because I was alone. Or in my perception, I thought I was alone. Um it's kind of, I think what the, where the change has been for me, it's like the opening night jitters. It, um, it, when we um, first started studying some of the paragraphs, 
the book described us um, in our compulsive eating state as being actors who wanted to run the show. You know, we wanted to do the lights. We wanted to write the script. We wanted to do it all ourselves. And that did make me feel very jittery because, you know, I was concerned about perfection and what have you. And now, these many days later, when I feel jittery, it's more because it's like my perception is more, the jitters are more of excitement. Oh my gosh, I get to do this thing. Complete perception. Absolute perception. What's changed? Nothing's changed. The only thing that has, I mean, I, the only thing that really has changed is now I have a conscious awareness of the presence of God in my life. And at any given moment, I can go, oh, yeah, God, you're the one that put me here. Apparently, you must want me here. And so I am getting ready to do whatever it is that you want me to do. It, I hope this is making sense to somebody. Um, it's like that is the coach, and I, maybe I'm the quarterback. Whereas, and you know, I can always look back to the coach for my next step, my next Thank direction, you. whatever. Uh, and with this, I'm going to pass with this last thought. But now I have a coach. Now I have a coach, and that makes all the difference in the world. I love you all. Take care. Thanks. Thank you, Margaret. Okay, and so um, Carolyn SH, you have two minutes, please. Really, a minute and a half. That'll okay. that'll do. Thank you, Katie. Um, this is Carolyn SH in Massachusetts, um, and what really is striking me in this paragraph. Oh, and I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive eater. Um, I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that. It, it's so striking to me that the writers are speaking to someone who they know is unconfident, um, not secure in their recovery, not secure in themselves, like jittery, alone, feeling like someone else said, vulnerable, um, and at the same time saying, you got this because you have a source of power greater than yourself. Part of my disease is the disease of looking good. Like I, I, this time around of being abstinent, I am so raw and emotional. And those of you who have spoken to on the phone, I've been talking about this. And I just, I feel like I'm, on a, I'm in a whole different realm. Um, and I'm really starting to understand that um, there, there's a huge difference between like bravado and thinking, oh yeah, I got higher power, oh, yeah, yeah, and really being where I am, understanding, um, being in the steps, doing the work, and knowing that even if I don't feel it, I've got a higher power with me. That that and like someone else said, like my concept of higher power. Um, it may not even uh, be accurate, but it doesn't matter because I actually have a powerful being who's, who's got this. Time, um, please. No matter what it seems like. Thank you. No matter what it seems like from my point of view. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, November 2nd, 7 a.m. meeting is 20,799. That's 20799. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, Sherry D, please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. Sherry D, compulsive overeater in Maryland. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.